When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Do me a favor, subscribe to the John Conway Report wherever you get your podcast. You're watching on YouTube. You know the deal. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. It always helps us out and it's always much appreciated. You can find us on YouTube as part of Empire Media. That's A-M-P-I-R-E. Well, I wanted to release, wait to release this podcast until after Washington had something done with new offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy. Now, what I've been told as of Friday evening that they have agreed to a deal in principle. That means they still are kind of working over the language, but the expectation is certainly that Bieniemy is going to be their offensive coordinator, receives a two-year deal, and he's you know he's going to be the offensive coordinator and also the assistant head coach. He stayed and he was in Washington on Friday talking to members of the offensive staff. Going to continue doing that on Saturday. So, you know, that's that's a big part of his job, the staffing. Again, the the contract stuff is all about the language for folks. This is their guy. Now, the other part of the offense is Drew Terrell is going was received, has not yet interviewed with Arizona for their offensive coordinator position. Um, but the, the plan is that he will. My guess is he'll end up with the pass game coordinator title uh, in Arizona, but we'll see what happens. He's a young, promising offensive coach for Washington, so I'm not sure what their plan would be to replace him there, but that could be the first vacancy that the enemy would have to fill on this offensive staff. So let's get to a couple Let's get to my thoughts on this whole situation, why I think they went with Bienemy, what I've heard about him. I think we've all heard a lot about him over the years. And so I want I talked to some people who know him very well and, and just about this whole process and why Washington landed on him as opposed to any of the other seven uh, candidates that they interviewed for the job. I do believe in the end, it really came down to Bienemy or Pat Shermer. I do think that Bienemy was the guy that they really wanted over the last couple of weeks, that was a sense I always got, but that if something went awry there, that Shermer probably would have been the guy. I don't know that for certain, but that was always my sense because I know that Shermer's, what he did in Minnesota with Case Keenum, that it was a big deal to them and how he had followed a North Turner offense before in Minnesota and that he could translate his offense from that one. All that stuff mattered, but the enemy was the guy they wanted. So they got him. Now, why? What? What things did you hear? Did I hear about the whole process? Well, I heard that they really liked his presence in the room. That that they liked his presentation of ideas and concepts. And I think they really liked when he told them that you have to be balanced offensively to score points in this league, but you got to run the ball to finish out those games. So all this two to one run pass ratio. I think you can kind of throw that out the window unless that two to one, a lot of it comes in the fourth quarter with a two touchdown lead. So again, balance to score, run to finish the game. I think that's how most coaches would approach it. 
Anyway, so I think that's what they like. They also liked his plan for how to use their skill talent. And that's obviously Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, Curtis Samuel. I think a lot of guys were excited about that group in particular. But one of the things that appealed to Washington was that Biennemi had similar style offensive talent in Kansas City over the years. Now, nobody's really like Tariq Hill was for the Chiefs before he bolted for Miami. But the style of play and the style of the receivers, I think, meshed well with what he likes to do, with what they like to do, and with their plan. The other thing that Washington kept hearing throughout this process from a lot of the coordinators, they first of all, you, you hear how much that they, they, they like Sam Howell. Now, whether or not they all did, I didn't talk to all of them. I do know some of them from talking to people close to some of the candidates that some of those go, coaches really did like Howell. I don't know, if it, but you know, I hear everybody did, but... You know, who knows? Coaches always say whatever. But what they did like is in watching that Dallas game was the style of play. And one thing they heard consistently was they liked that quick game that Washington showed against Dallas and that you don't have to throw down the field to always make the big play. One of the things that to me was was a little bit troubling over the last couple of years was when you'd hear, like, for example, the usage of Curtis Samuel. And when they got him, I remember, you know, Ron Rivera would talk a lot about how, you know, a Christian McCaffrey type, you can move around, you can do this, you can do that. And that Scott Turner was always viewed him as a downfield threat. Now, didn't really develop that way for them, but the point is it kind of was the, the difference in how maybe they saw things. That's not the case right now with Biennemi and, and Ron Rivera. It sounds like they would be on the same page in how they view how this offensive talent should be used. Another thing that always comes up with the enemy, and I'm going to get to some of this in a minute, um, was um, his accountability and the demanding nature of his coaching style. Heard that from a lot of people over the years. I remember talking to Adrian Peterson a couple of years ago when the, to the topic was about the enemy getting a head coaching job and what he thought of him. And he loved playing for, for the enemy when he was a coach in Minnesota just said he was ultra demanding, but guys like that like to be pushed. I've heard that Sam Howell is a guy who takes well to, to that kind of coaching, and that's a good sign um, for, for Washington, certainly moving forward, since he will be the quarterback and Biennemi will be the coach. I think it's good to have a guy who's that demanding on that side of the ball. I, do, I did not see that, certainly not in practice, over the last few years, and that's just not one coach in particular, but just in general, there was enough that Pete Hayner certainly would get on that. John Matsko, certainly as the offensive line coach would. Hayner's out, Matsko's still around, but there wasn't enough of that overall. And there, there too often it felt like some of the details of the routes, for example, needed to be fixed overall. And not that these guys weren't willing to do it, but you, there had to be a holding accountable. And that's, again, not on just one coach. That's on Listen, that's on everybody to, to do that. But when the coordinator can do it, I think that's a big deal. And I think that's something that they definitely need in that building on that field. How that translates to success in Sundays, we'll see. Doesn't certainly going to help. But then the big key, and I'll get to some of this more in a minute about some of the things that we still don't know about Bienvenue. Um, The other thing... Um, Again, the quick game was a big deal for Bianami. I think for the other coaches who interviewed, and I think that was music to this staff's ears. And you know, I think um, I think there's a lot of I think they feel pretty upbeat about where this is headed with Bianami. So there's going to be questions about him. Um, we uh, I lost my train of thought here, folks, for a minute. 
and I'm, I'm looking at my notes because all this stuff has just happened. Um, oh, I know what I want to talk to you about, too, with with Bienvenue. Some of the things that stood out is that here's a guy that played 10 years in the NFL. He was a number two guy. I think it was one of the top things in the second, the Heisman Trophy balloting. But he carved out an NFL career because of his workmanlike nature. Talked to one person who was who saw who was with the enemy in his tenth year in the NFL. So he's been in the league for ten. The enemy had been in the league for ten years at this point. He's a special teams guy at this point. He would show up tenth year. He would show up to the field an hour before practice, knowing that they had the special teams work was the first session of the day. He would be on the field an hour before, going over his stuff warming up, et cetera. Nobody else would have been out there at this point, but Biennemi, a guy in his 10th year. Stuff like that stands out to those around you. And that's kind of the mentality he's coached with throughout his career. Another thing is you talk about the demanding nature of it. So this was an anecdote I was told about his coaching style when he was, a, certainly when he was a position coach. So Chester Taylor, if you remember Chester Taylor was a running back with Baltimore, ended up signing with the Vikings. Taylor played behind Jamal Lewis in Baltimore. Lewis had had some years where he's banged up and all that, would not practice as much during the week. So Taylor goes to Minnesota, and he thinks, this is this is what I was told, that he thinks this is how the lead dog, the lead running back, handles his business, that he just sits out later in the week to kind of rest up for Sunday. The enemy wasn't having any of that, and he let him know pretty early, you take care of your body on Monday and Tuesday, and your ass is on the practice field on Wednesday. That's what happened. So anyway, now that's just a, that's just an example of his of how he's going to be with guys. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to do's, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. What we don't know is, and this is all the other thing I've heard about too, is the passion and the energy he has. And um, again, not he's a no BS kind of guy. That if, if Terry McLaurin messes up on a route, or if McLaurin isn't running the route to the right to his to what Biennemi wants, he will let him know. He has not backed down from any of these star players in the past. He's not going to do it for anybody here, and certainly not for an offense that has struggled for five years like this offense has. It ha- This offense hasn't had a top 10 finish in yards or points per game, or per, yeah, per game since 2016. You're not, there's no BS to be had here. You've got to go out in the field and prove it. So this guy maybe has to prove himself as a full-time offensive coordinator or play caller. Those guys have to prove that they can be a good offense for anybody. So good. it sounds like it could be a good marriage. What we don't know, though, and this is going to be key, we don't know how is he going to be with just without an Andy Reid guy there, without Patrick Mahomes. That's good. No, nobody's going to be as good. Nobody's going to look as smart or as sharp when you don't have those guys with you. That's just that's just how it is. I mean, how you know, you're going from Patrick Mahomes to Sam Howell. You're not going to have the same results with Sam Howell that you had with Patrick Mahomes, certainly not right away. So what's the transition period going to be like for Bienemy being the main guy and the main play caller? Because there's always a transition. The good thing for him is that he's done this. He's been in this role for five years in Kansas City. And while he wasn't the full-time play caller, 
heavily involved in the game plan, was around Reed, saw the details that he and, and how he would implement things, and then that stuff he can carry over. As a play caller, you're going to have to get a rhythm. So I would almost expect a transition period early on when you have a new play caller coupled with a quarterback who has thrown 19 NFL passes. Be patient with this, folks. Do not expect instant fireworks because that's hard to do. There's more work to be done with this offense You because ha- you have the inexperience there. You have – you know, a new new offense that you're going to have to implement. You're you're running a West Coast system now. And talking to some people, the number one thing you're going to have that's going to have to be um, adjusted to is the language, the terminology. A lot of the stuff there's going to be similar philosophies, I think, for what they did um, with the run game, etc. But a lot of the it's more so the terminology. And I asked this is one of the things I asked Ron Rivera when I talked to him on the podcast last week about how having to learn a second offense in year two. He's not as concerned about it because he feels that Howell is that smart. But still, even you can be super smart. There's still going to be an adjustment because it is a new offense and you are learning a new coach. And then we're going to see what kind of changes might be made on that offensive staff. I don't know yet if Ken Zampezi is back and the same voice is going to be there on a daily basis for Howell and the other and whoever else they sign a quarterback. If not, then you're going to adjust to that. And it's just an adjustment period. Not impossible. It's just an adjustment period. But it does mean you're going to have to be patient with some things. And you guys have been patient for a lot of years. It's just another time where you're going to have to be that way. Because we really don't know. I mean, I can tell you all this stuff about the enemy. I'm going to have other people on to talk about the enemy and what he offers here, what we think might happen, how they think he's going to do. But the reality is we'll all find out together because – It's a new role for him in the full-time role. Again, the good thing is, and one of the reasons why I think Rivera went with the enemy as opposed to some other young guys like Thomas Brown was a guy from the Rams that he was impressed by, ends up getting the OC job in Carolina, but he's also paired with Frank Reich. So that, that probably is a better spot for him. I think if Rivera was earlier in his tenure here, he may have taken a swung on one of the young guys and allowed them to grow with him. This kind of gives Rivera a chance to bring in a guy who has had success with the team and who has experience as a play caller and a coordinator and with the pass game. I think the pass game concepts was a big deal for him because you had guys like Greg Roman, Anthony Lynn, super knowledgeable about the run game. But I think the, I think Biennemi was able to marry some of the pass game concepts a little bit more because of the role he's been in and because of the coach that he's been with. So again, there will be questions throughout it. You know, but I think this was a, you know, this is a move that I think is energized, certainly has energized Washington's front office, et cetera. And we'll see what it does for the players. Got a long time to talk about that. Washington gets its guy, Eric Bennon. Eric Bienemy will will be the new offensive coordinator for the commanders. I'm having a little bit of trouble with my words here. Slow down, Johnny. Anyway, that's it for now. I will be back for Monday's podcast talking with my ESPN colleague, Adam Teicher who covered the enemy with the Kansas City Chiefs, knows a lot about him. I'll have him back on next time. So, talk to you then.